Hey, I'm Mary Ellen Dance, licensed mental health counselor and owner of Pittsburgh Therapy. I'm on a mission to strip away the stigmas surrounding therapy and mental health and talk about how we can use the culture of self-improvement for our benefit rather than our demise. I used to think I was doing life all wrong, from getting fired from a dream job to advising clients on relationships while I myself was trying to sort through that dumpster fire. But then I realized my imperfections are what made me a good therapist. So join me on a journey not to be perfect, but to be, well, okay-ish. Welcome. Your session has now started. Hello, welcome to OK-ish. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. I'm so happy to talk to you. Happy Monday. I've been kind of avoiding talking about this for a few reasons, but I can't avoid talking about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp any longer. There is so much stuff related to mental health with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp that I feel like I can't not talk about it because I want to clear some things up. Part of why I do this podcast is because I want to translate kind of what's happening in the media, what's happening in the world related to mental health into what that actually means. So I've been avoiding talking about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp because I haven't really been following the case because it seems really, really stressful. And so I did some research. I started following it, watched some YouTube videos, and I was right. It is really stressful. So if any of you have been following it even more so than that, ooh, that's a lot. But I want to talk about it today because there's a few things to talk about. So today I'm going to talk about there's a psychologist in court that gave Amber Heard a diagnosis. So I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about what an abusive relationship means because what it seems like is who was abusive, Amber or Johnny? That's kind of what it seems like to me. So I want to talk about that. And then I'm also going to talk about how for a lot of people watching this case is a trigger warning. And so I'm actually going to talk about that first. I have had a lot of clients come to me and people that aren't clients, people in my personal life who have come to me saying, you know, I've been following the Amber Heard Johnny Depp case and it's stressing me out. I'm feeling really triggered. It's making me think about my ex. It's making me think about this relationship. It's making me wonder and question myself and, you know, wonder was the relationship I was in, was that abusive? Did the person I date have, you know, one of the disorders that Amber Heard has been diagnosed with? Was the person I dated who I thought was abusive not abusive because, you know, we never went to court so, so many things. And I just want to make a statement that, first of all, if something is triggering to you, turn it off. Stop watching it. The amount of people that have come to me saying that they're triggered by following this case, and my response is just, okay, well, stop watching it, is a lot. If you are triggered by it, stop watching it. If someone who struggles with alcoholism is triggered by alcohol being around them, guess what they do? Stay away from alcohol, (laughs) right? So please, 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 if you are being triggered by this or really anything in the media, turn it off. Just turn it off. There is nothing wrong with turning it off. But the other thing I want to say about that is it's important to remember that what we're seeing is on TV. Now, I know there's actual footage of the courtroom, like it is actually being recorded, but 
we don't know Amber Heard. We don't know Johnny Depp. We don't know their lawyers. We don't know the judge or the jurors. We don't know what happened behind closed doors. We probably will never know what happened behind closed doors. Actually, not probably. We definitely will never know what happened behind closed doors because we weren't there. The only two people in the world who know what happens between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp are Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. So I think that's really important. Someone recently asked me, hey, like, what do you think Amber Heard is diagnosed with? I'm like, I have no idea. I've never met the woman. I've never met the woman. I've seen how she is responding to things in court, but I can't say that I would be responding better or worse than her because that's a weird, bizarre situation. The way someone is responding in court is not indicative to the way that they would respond outside of court necessarily because it's weird. I mean, if I was on the stand of this like huge publicized trial, who knows what I would be doing? Oh my gosh, I'd probably just be like crapping my pants, to be honest. So we have to keep all of this in mind. We have to keep in mind that at the end of the day, these are two people who were in a really, really unhealthy relationship, who were very, very hurt, who clearly have some struggles. I mean, I think it's clear that Johnny Depp has some substance abuse struggles. And at the end of the day, that's a really, really sad thing. It's just a really sad thing. And it's really sad that it's being publicized, I personally think, because it takes the humanness out of it. Like, they're just humans who at one point really, really loved each other. And now they're in this boat. And so if we're watching this and we're getting triggered, number one, stop watching it. But number two, recognize how bizarre the situation is. Watching people we don't know on TV in a courtroom, which is not a natural environment, we're not going to know what happens. We're not going to be able to relate it to our lives because we haven't typically been there. And so hearing people getting triggered by it it's important to recognize how different it is than anything else. So another thing I want to mention about triggers too is that if you're triggered, that's okay. Like it makes sense why people are coming to me saying they're triggered. They, in these court cases and what we're seeing on YouTube and the news and wherever we're seeing this, there's a lot of triggering stuff. They're talking about serious physical, emotional abuse. They're talking about substance abuse very, very serious topics that, of course, they're going to trigger us. Whether you've been in an abusive relationship or not, they can still be triggering. You know, even simply talking about divorce can be triggering for people who have gone through a divorce or, you know, had bad experiences with divorces. So I think it's important to recognize that it's not weird or bad if you're triggered by it. A lot of people are. So the second thing I want to talk about today related to the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp case is they're diagnosing Amber Heard with some things. And you guys know me. I really, really don't like when people self-diagnose, which that's not the case. Mental health professionals, I don't know if it was a psychologist or what type of mental health professional, but multiple mental health professionals took the stand after doing assessments with Amber Heard and reported what they had diagnosed her with from those sessions. That does not mean that you have what Amber Heard has. That does not mean that your ex or your sister or your mother or your brother or your whoever has what Amber Heard has. 
And what the one mental health professional diagnosed Amber Heard with was borderline personality disorder and histrionic personality disorder. Now, personality disorders, you may have heard of narcissistic personality disorder. That's another personality disorder. But personality disorders are very, very hard to diagnose. They're very pervasive. They can be very intense. People who have personality disorders have them their whole lives, typically. They can be managed, but the people still have them their whole lives. So a lot of people have been asking me, you know, well, the psychologist diagnosed Amber Heard with borderline personality disorder. Do you agree with that? Well, I have no idea because I've never met Amber Heard. So I have no opinion on that. But what I can tell you is this. Typically, personality disorders can be diagnosed. You can have more than one. I haven't really seen that happen. So I don't quite understand why they diagnosed Amber Heard with two personality disorders. But again, I've never met her, so I can't say. But typically, someone is only diagnosed with one personality disorder Or with something like personality disorder not otherwise specified because personality disorders can have like overlapping symptoms. And sometimes it's really hard to tell, is it this one or is it this one? I'm not totally sure. I haven't seen that done before where they diagnose with two personality disorders. But I just want to tell you a little bit about borderline personality disorder and histrionic personality disorder. So first of all, what I'm about to say, do not diagnose yourself. Do not diagnose anyone else. We can look at a list of symptoms and apply it to ourselves because it's just a list of symptoms. Diagnosing is so much more nuanced than that. It's so much more complicated than that. I just want to give you the whole reason I'm sharing about it is just to give you an idea of what they're talking about. When you hear these things, this is what they're talking about. So borderline personality disorder, the kind of cornerstone of this disorder is the fear of real or imagined abandonment. So people who struggle with borderline personality disorder typically have trauma in their life or have a history of trauma, and they have this intense fear of abandonment. Now, you may be thinking, well, I'm fearful of of abandonment. It's different than that typical, everyone has some type of fear of abandonment at some level. But this is very extreme. People with borderline personality disorder often go to extreme measures to ensure that they are not abandoned. They are often very impulsive. They often have very angry outbursts. They often have really, really terrible views of themselves. People with borderline personality disorder can often self-harm, maybe use substances, maybe have a co-occurring eating disorder just terrible, terrible views of themselves. But people with borderline personality disorder can often be very manipulative. They can be very manipulative in the way of, I don't want this person to abandon me. And I'm scared that this person will. So I'm having intense mood swings and I'm pushing this person away and then pulling them close. And then I don't know what I want. And so I'm breaking up with them and then calling them crying, begging for them to come back to me. It's very up and down, very back and forth like that. There's a famous book describing some people with borderline personality disorder, and the book is called I Hate You, Don't Leave Me. And that's a very, very good kind of depiction of people who struggle with borderline personality disorder and what that's like. People with histrionic personality disorder have a very inflated sense of self. They're typically very vain, typically very, very distracted by their own self-image, They have like this overwhelming desire and need 
to be noticed, to have an audience. They have very shallow emotions. They often do attention-seeking behaviors, like performing or saying or doing things just in order to gain attention. They often are kind of seductive, right? They might like dress provocatively or inappropriately and be like seductive and flirtatious in order to get that attention and the center of attention. Now, someone who likes to be the center of attention does not mean they have histrionic personality disorder. Just important to remember that. But the person with histrionic personality disorder might also be very sensitive to like criticism. They often act very impulsive or rash. They may be very self-centered. They may act very dramatically or have mood shifts. Again, The reason I'm sharing this is not for you to diagnose yourself or others, but to give you an idea of the cluster of symptoms that the people in court are describing when they're talking about these diagnoses. If you notice, like both of the diagnoses had kind of overlapping symptoms. Like I said, I don't really see someone being diagnosed with two personality disorders often. And part of the reason is because personality disorders do sometimes have these overlapping symptoms, and sometimes it is hard to identify the difference. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I totally see Amber Heard having those symptoms in court. I want to remind you, we've never met Amber Heard. I mean, maybe you have. I certainly have never met Amber Heard, (laughs) so I can't speak to the symptoms she is having or is not having in court. Court is a very strange situation. We're not seeing her in her daily life. I know there's a lot of like recordings of her, but I'm curious. I have a lot of questions about these recordings. Is she under the influence of substances? Is Johnny Depp under the influence of substances? Did she know she was being recorded? Like there's a lot of questions I have around that. And so that kind of leads to the last point I want to make, which is, is this an abusive relationship? Like I said, the only people who will ever know that are Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. But I do want to say a few things. I think it's awesome that it is being brought to the attention of the public that men can be victims of abuse. Big men, strong men, powerful men, wealthy men, famous men, any kind of man can be a victim of abuse. And oftentimes when we're talking about abusive relationships, we're talking about the woman as the victim because that happens more frequently, but not all the time. Abuse where men are the victim can sometimes look different than when women are the victim simply because of physical differences. I would not be able to succeed in hurting a man that's twice my size because they could probably defend themselves versus if I'm half a man's side and he's trying to hurt me, I can't defend myself as well. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't still happen. And there's also lots of different types of abuse. There's financial abuse, emotional, verbal. Emotional abuse is so, so scary. That manipulation, that guilt tripping, that shaming, that gaslighting, all of that is very, very scary. And abuse does not discriminate between men and women. So I'm really, really thankful that this case is kind of bringing light to the fact that, yes, it's possible that men are victims of abuse because men are victims of abuse. And quite frankly, the men that are victims of abuse aren't getting the help that they need. Excuse me, women are also victims of abuse and are also not getting the help they need. And that's also a big issue. <laughs> but I think that it's it's really important to recognize that. And it's really important to know that abuse victims can be men or women. A lot of people have also asked me about, like, can a relationship be abusive between both parties? Can they be abusive towards each other? 
Absolutely. Yes. Yes. A thousand times. Yes. <laughs> so that's super, super important to know because I am sure we can all relate to, you know, being in a relationship that maybe it didn't bring out the best side of us or things like that. But relationships can simply be abusive between both parties. Both parties can be abusive towards each other. Both parties can be abusing substances together, right? Like just as one person can abuse substances, they can abuse them with another person too. And so it's impossible. It's literally impossible for us to speculate on this because we don't know them. We don't know what happens behind closed doors and we don't know what's going on. Now, I will say that I have a lot of people who are clients who have been in abusive relationships. And if one person is being abused, then of course they're not going to be acting the best, right? If someone is emotionally abusing me, verbally abusing me, physically abusing me, I'm not going to react in the best way. And so I think this gets really, really dangerous because oftentimes we can accidentally blame the victim because, oh, well, the victim was screaming and crying. Oh, well, the victim was yelling back or calling the person names and that's not okay. Yeah, those things aren't okay, right? Calling people names is, I I don't think that's okay. I don't like that. But it doesn't mean that this person isn't still a victim. You know, put yourself in those person's shoes. If we were being abused by our partner, we're not going to be, you know, acting like we would in front of the queen, right? We're not going to have the best manners. We're not going to make the best choices. And so we have to be careful. And it's so nuanced, right? Are both people abusive? Is one person abusive and one person's the victim? And maybe they're acting out a little bit because they're this victim of abuse and they're stuck in this relationship. And that's not them abusing the person right back. That's them trying to survive the relationship. Again, these kind of answers, we won't really ever know, but it's important as we are taking in all this information, as we're undoubtedly applying it to our own lives, because that's what we do as humans, right? We take in information and we can't help but apply it to our own lives. That's just what we do. It's important to remember all of these nuances, all of these factors, because it can be really damaging to us if we are watching and taking in information that's triggering us, that's making us question our own sanity. Oh, was I really in an abusive relationship because they didn't act like this or I did act like this? I see so many people who have been victims of abusive relationships who worry. What if I wasn't the victim? What if I provoked it? No, I don't care what you do. It doesn't warrant that type of behavior back. And so we're watching these things where it's in a court of law, where it's literally asking, well, who provoked it? And that's not what abusive relationships are about. I don't care. I mean, I do care how we act, but like, it's not about provoking it or not. Certain behaviors are just not okay. So I feel like I've kind of rambled this episode, but part of the reason that I'm kind of rambling about this is because We're onlookers and we are having this tragic, truly tragic, truly devastating situation that we have nothing to do with affect our lives. 
And it's important to be aware of these situations. It's important to, you know, educate ourselves about abuse and and symptoms of abuse and, you know, warning signs and how we can help and resources and, you know, all of that stuff is great. But we don't want this to affect us negatively because we all want to be okay-ish. Thanks so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. Please message me. I love to get messages about what you're interested in hearing, what's helpful, what's not helpful. And I can't wait to see you next week. Please follow me wherever you're listening to this podcast and on Instagram at okayishpodcast. Also, I would love it if you could rate the podcast and leave a review. The best way to get in contact with me is to go to okayishpodcast.com and submit a comment, question. You can do it anonymously too, which is so great. I will see you guys next Monday. I can't wait.